Hello, and welcome back to Grateful Gwenna. Thank you for joining us, where we share true testimonies with biblical solutions for primarily women facing domestic violence. Again, welcome back, and thank you for joining us this morning. I am inspired, or was inspired, by a post on Facebook this morning with a lady requesting prayers for her sister um, who is being majorly abused by her husband. And my question this morning that people often ask is, why won't she leave him? Or why does she stay? Or why do you stay? Um, First of all, the premise of this question, first of all, is completely unacceptable, to be blunt. We should not be asking victims of domestic violence, why won't you leave or why did you stay? We should be asking the perpetrators, the abusers, the ones doing the abuse, why are you abusing? Put the fault, put the blame back where it belongs. Don't blame the victim for staying, making her feel stupid for staying. Because as I've stated in one of my podcasts before, There are a lot of nuances to domestic violence, and it can be different with every single case. But there are some common threads I've noticed, and I was married for a grand total of 17 years to my abusive ex-husband, and I've been divorced now um, over 11 years, and during all of my time practically since the divorce, and a large majority of the time toward the end of my marriage, I've done a lot of research on domestic violence and abuse. And I've observed others. Um, I've kind of studied people on my own um, who have gone through this issue themselves or know someone who is going through this issue or has gone through this issue or has been going through domestic violence. And so while, again, I remind you that I am not a licensed or certified therapist or counselor yet, um, I am sharing with you, based on my own experiences, the experiences of others that have been shared with me and the experiences that I've observed. So while reading this testimony, of course, I couldn't hold back. I had to share my advice, which they were requesting, the sister was requesting for her sister. And they've offered help, financial help to help this sister leave her abusive husband. And she's not leaving yet. So why isn't she leaving yet? What's wrong with her? Okay, first of all, there's nothing wrong with her. (laughs) My guess, I don't know her at all, but my guess is probably she's a kind soul that got mixed up in the wrong relationship and is being manipulated, brainwashed, and or taken advantage of, obviously. Um, This particular lady's story said that her sister is, you know, with a husband who has cheated on her from day one and basically blames her for it. That Those weren't the words, but after reading her testimony, that's exactly what he's doing. Um, And again, I always have to stipulate this because there's always somebody who says, well, men get abused too. Yes, they do. But number one, I'm a woman 
And number two, the majority of domestic violence victims are actually female, not male. I am not saying men do not get abused, but I cannot relate to that because I'm not a man. And statistically speaking, it's usually women. That doesn't mean a man's story isn't important, but that's not what I'm ministering to. And if you want to be ministered to as a man who's being abused, please find a male person who's ministering to you because I'm not qualified to do it simply because I'm not male. Nothing against men. So now that we got that out of the way, why doesn't she leave or why won't she leave? Like I said earlier, there are many nuances to domestic violence. But as I was explaining to this uh, beloved sister, um, I advised her to ask her sister how she would feel if her own daughter were being treated the way she is being treated. That is a question um, my former counselor had asked me, and that was a huge wake-up call to me. And this lady said that her parents had offered to pay the lawyer fees, but in her post, she talked about how um, her sister said she enjoyed the trips that her husband provides for her. So while it's nice that her parents have offered to pay lawyer fees, you know, when you're in that, you're so brainwashed that you don't think quite logically. And I'm guessing she might be wondering how else would she be able to support herself financially? I mean, if her husband's the primary breadwinner, if he brings home the bacon or earns most of the income, if not all of it, how is she going to be able to support herself financially? I mean, it's great if the lawyer fees are paid, but how is she going to pay for living expenses, clothing, food, shelter? Um, so that is uh, probably one con condition she's considering. And if he's providing a financial standard of life to which she's grown accustomed, she might not want to leave that. She might be afraid to leave that lifestyle. She also could be afraid to leave him because he may have threatened her, which I'll get to in a minute. But when my counselor asked me, what would you do if your son's wife came to you and said your son was abusing her? How did I react? Well, I felt shocked when he asked me that question because it was honestly something I had never considered. And I told my Christian counselor at the time, this was several years ago, if that happened, I would give my son's wife the money to leave my son, even though he's my son and I love him. And then I would go beat the shit out of my son. Like, that's obviously not okay with me. And the counselor said to me, then why is it okay for you? Or why is it any different for you? And it was truly like a light bulb had gone on in my brain. My brain at that point, actually before that point, my brain had not associated that I was the one who was being treated that way. Like it just, it's weird because you don't associate, oh, this is me in this story. I also was constantly giving my ex-husband chances, partially because I knew the Bible said that God hates divorce. Malachi 2.16 says God hates divorce or I hate divorce, says the Lord God Almighty. But there's a second part to that verse, and it says, 
I hate divorce, says the Lord God Almighty. And I hate a man who covers his garment with violence. And if you look in the footnote for garment, it says wife. So God revealed to me later in later years, God hates violence and abuse. God hates abuse just as much as he hates divorce equally. So God does not want anyone to be abused. The other reason I constantly gave my ex-husband chances was because I was being brainwashed, not only by my ex-husband, but also by incorrect, quote-unquote, biblical teachings that we should honor our husbands no matter what. And it was a church that was teaching us that, that wives were supposed to submit to our husbands no matter what, no matter what our husbands said, no matter what our husbands did or didn't say or didn't do. It was all on the wife. Basically, to be perfect was, was the implication. To win over your quote-unquote unbelieving husband, which my ex-husband claimed to be a believer. He was a Christian. He is a Christian by his own admission. But we were supposed to honor your husband no matter what, according to the church and their teaching. And that's what they claimed the Bible said. When I read that verse in Malachi, the last half, it was a revelation to me from God and a release that not only did I not have to stay in a marriage where I was being seriously physically abused, and I'm talking serious abuse. Some people say they're being abused and they're not really being abused. I'm talking, you know, things like slapping me in the face, pulling me around the kitchen by my ponytail and my hair throwing things like a cordless phone at me, punching holes in walls in our home, shoving me till I fell on the toddler bed, shoving me down the stairs so I fell halfway down the stairs, things like that, actual, real, physical abuse. And so that's why I had given my own ex-husband so many chances. I mean, I remember I used to love red roses, Red roses, the red rose used to be my favorite flower. But every time my husband, ex-husband would abuse me, he would get me a red rose afterwards to apologize. And the cycle of domestic violence would continue. And we would have a honeymoon phase where he would be trying to be better. But it would always happen again. And he would always promise he would never do it again. And I always believed him. And I quoted to myself, Luke one thirty seven which basically says nothing is impossible with God, which is true. But my ex-husband was also making choices. And I personally believe God doesn't impose on your free will. So I constantly gave my ex-husband chances because I was being brainwashed not only by him, but also by that former church teaching us that had been teaching us all to honor your husband no matter what. You know, the philosophy was that if you... And I'm not saying I totally disagree with this or that I disagree with this at all. But if you honor your husband, he'll eventually come around to God and to Jesus. And while that's possible, um, it got to the point in my marriage where I was using it as an excuse to enable his behavior and didn't realize it because I thought I was obeying a God. I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I was doing what God would have me do, and I thought I was doing the biblical thing. 
um, for this lady who posted on Facebook for her sister, I recommended ask her, find out exactly what she's thinking and how she's feeling and what her thoughts and feelings are based upon. Because personally for me, in my abusive marriage, it was because I believed I was obeying God by staying in the abusive marriage. Um, make sure, I told her, make sure she is away from her abuser and in a safe place whenever you have this conversation. I, of course, also recommended that she share this podcast with her and again, also Make sure she's in a safe place away from him if and when she listens to my free podcast. Because the honest and sad truth is the abuser might also be controlling and threatening her to do things if she talks. For example, he might be threatening to take away her daughter. Or he might even be threatening to harm or even kill her family or members of her family or her friends or anyone he knows she loves if she tells anyone the truth of what's actually going on in their abusive marriage. It sounds awful. It sounds ludicrous. It sounds like no human being would do that. But let me tell you, it is more than possible, unfortunately. And when a woman's being abused, she might also feel she has no choice but to stay. So I recommend if you know someone who's being abused, by her husband in her marriage, get her completely away from him. Um, get her completely away from him so that there's no possibility that he could possibly hear what she's saying. That'll give her a safe place because I can almost guarantee you she's terrified that he's going to hear her or find out what she's saying and basically punish her for it and not in those words. Try to find out the true reasons she's staying. Brainwashing, manipulation, and control are very serious issues, especially in abusive marriage. And she might just be terrified, absolutely terrified, to tell you or anyone else the truth because she fears the repercussions which he may have been threatening her to perform. With my own abusive ex-husband, and I ended up being married to him for a grand total of 17 years, which included my attempts to separate and give him multiple opportunities and chances to repent and change and reconcile. And it also included his attempt at strangling me, but praise God, hallelujah, he saved me and I survived. But with my own abusive ex-husband, he had threatened me. He had threatened me that if I told anyone what was actually going on in our marriage and how he was abusing me, which you didn't dare say the word abuse in my marriage. That was a taboo word. But if I had told anyone, he told me that he would take our children to Mexico, which is where he's originally from. He would get lost and disappear and I would never see my children again. This put fear in me, obviously. And it was the major manipulation tactic he used to control me and keep me in the marriage. And that was obviously in addition to my beliefs that, um, you know, that I was doing the right thing and obeying God by staying in my abusive marriage and how I thought God hates divorce. I was also terrified that he was going to take 
my children away from me and I would never see them again. And two things. One, I remember um, the night after he strangled me, which was in 2003, he spent a night in jail. And I believe it was the very next day, if I recall correctly, um, he wanted to see the children, our children, our two sons at the time. And I was absolutely terrified because I was terrified he was going to take my children away from me, disappear to Mexico, and I would never see my kids again. And there was a restraining order against him for me by the state of where I live. And so he wasn't allowed to come near me. So he wasn't going to be able to get the kids. But unfortunately, the state didn't order a restraining order against him for the children. So I remember that very first day being absolutely terrified that he was going to take my children and disappear to Mexico and I would never see my children again. And of course, my children were my world. Um, I homeschooled them for 10 years while all this was going on. Yes, that's another story. Um, and so we were required because of the no contact or restraining order, we were required to have a neutral party pick up the children, pick up the boys from where we were living, from my house, from our house. And this neutral party would have to take the children to meet him at an agreed upon public place. So I remember my then best friend at the time volunteered to do this for us, for me. And they were planning on meeting in a parking lot at a local store, which wasn't far from our home, actually. And I remember that I was absolutely terrified. And when my friend arrived, she tried to calm me down and tell me to put my children in God's hands, which that's true. So I listened to her and I prayed and asked God to take care of my children and not let my husband, ex-husband, um, you know, disappear with the kids. And I knew he was perfectly capable of getting lost. And um, because, it, it, well, there's a, a story, but that he had once lost the cops years before we got married. So later I realized that while that friend of mine, my at the time best friend, had good intentions, I realized later that she actually didn't believe me that the abuse was as severe as it was. Thankfully, um, everything was okay, and my children were returned to me by her when his visit was over. I say okay, relatively speaking, because they were returned to me physically safely, but who knows what kind of emotional damage he did while they were with them, him. Anyway, so those are some of the reasons that women in domestic violence situations stay. And these are some of my own personal reasons, because I'm, I can only talk for myself. I remember back then I was really brainwashed and I also was scared about financial reasons. I was scared that if I left my ex-husband that we wouldn't have money to survive and I needed money to feed my two teenage sons or preteen sons. I think they were preteens at the time. And 
because I had been a stay-at-home mom and homeschooled our children, I wasn't earning an income. And so the income was all from him. So I knew if I left him, I wouldn't have an income. And so that was another reason that kept me there. Um, And then you can hear my testimony of blessings on another recording of how God provided. It was absolutely amazing. But um, that was a, a reason. Financial reasons are a major issue for many women from my research of one of the reasons why they do stay in a violent marriage, for example. Um, There are multiple reasons, but a lot of it is manipulation and brainwashing, especially by the church. Not every church, but we need to do better as Christ followers and as church bodies and congregations. And we need to do better at helping women victims of domestic violence and keeping them safe. I'll tell you one more story before I go. I cannot disclose who because I want to keep this person safe. But I know a lady who is still in an abusive marriage and she has been for her entire marriage. She's still with the husband and the husband is a leader in a church and the church knows that this is going on and does nothing about it. And I have watched this poor wife from afar and I have seen the brainwashing. I have seen the things she said. And now that I've been out of that abusive situation for so many years, um, I can see very clearly the things she says and does, but especially the things she says that tell me she's still being oppressed and her thoughts They're just so brainwashed. I don't know how else to explain it. So I pray for her often. But this should not be happening. An abusive husband or wife, but an abusive husband should not be allowed to be in leadership in the church. That's not a leader. I'm sorry. But the Bible holds deacons and spiritual biblical church leaders to a higher standard. And at least that's what we're supposed to do. It doesn't mean we're perfect. We're still human. But you don't allow someone in leadership who's living in habitual sin. If that man were having an affair with another woman, they'd probably immediately remove him. So why don't they do it for this? This is just as bad. If not worse, I don't know. I don't want to say worse because I don't want to be judgmental in any way, but it's a very serious issue that should not be happening ever in any church. And the sad truth is from my research that while there are a lot of great pastors, and he's not a pastor, by the way, but while there are a lot of great pastors, there are also a lot of pastors who actually abuse their wives. This should not be so. Some of them abuse their wives physically. Some of them abuse their wives spiritually, emotionally, financially, sexually, you name it. They're different methods of abuse. But nobody should be in leadership in a church, in my opinion, when they're abusing their wife. 
your first ministry is to your husband or your wife, your spouse. So um, these are just a few of the reasons why she might stay. And if you have someone who's staying and you don't understand it, instead of asking her, why do you stay? Ask her, how can I help? What's going on? What are you thinking? What are you afraid to say? You're in a safe place, tell her. And how would you feel if your own child were being treated the way you're being treated? God bless you. Thank for listening. Thank you for listening. And remember, I love you, but Jesus loves you more. Till next time. Stay safe.